Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go now. The brand new Flyers Daily for August 24th. We're ticking down the days, the final days, final week, if you will, of the month of August. And we're now just 50 days away from the 2022-23 season beginning for the Flyers. That's coming up on October 20, or excuse me, October 13th, when the Flyers will take on the Devils at Wells Fargo Center. Uh, rookie camp is not that far off, just a couple of weeks away. Rookie game, uh, just a couple of weeks away. And training camp, just about three weeks and change away as well for the Flyers. And we're getting closer and closer to hockey season. So that is good news. Now, at this point in the summer, this late in the summer, it's been so long since, obviously, the Flyers have played and really any NHL team has played. It's been over two months now since the Cup was handed out. And, you know, you start to stir you start to stir different thoughts and assessments and all of those things about what is ahead, the 82 games ahead, the roster, the decisions that were made and still to be made going forward. So there's still a lot to chew on mentally as you kind of get ready for the season. Now, it doesn't obsess your brain morning to night, sometimes maybe a little bit more with others, uh, some than others, but there are still things to consider. And every once in a while, I get, you know, DMs from people, you know, listeners of this podcast, people that listen to me when I was on the radio or just in general, uh, get direct messages. And some of them really make me think. And Jordan at Flyers and Fantasy tweeted me or DM me and said, hi, Jason, had an interesting thought question on the hypothetical of a Ryan Ellis return. What does your defense look like, like if he does return? Now, we did hear from John Tortorella this past week and saying that he's been in contact with Ryan Ellis quite a bit, and it didn't look likely that he was going to be ready to start the season and that it's been very frustrating for him. So we'll go under the caveat that Ellis doesn't start the season, but maybe does get uh, healthy enough to play this year, a month, two months into the season, I don't know. Uh, but Jordan went on to say, my immediate thought was that Braun comes out of the lineup, but he said, I don't see that as logical third pair guy for York at that point. He said, my immediate thought is that Braun will be the guy that comes out of the lineup. But he said, I don't see a logical third pair guy for York at that point. Basically, if you take Justin Braun out. He went on to say, Ellis provided he's only come back if he was truly sustainable healthy, wouldn't be on the third pair. Tony D'Angelo and Ristolainen are making $5 million a year plus to play third pair. And that's probably wouldn't happen on top of, um, he said, I don't see it either of them, nor Sandheim or Provorov being a good partner for York. And he said, at that point, what would the most logical step be to trade Sandheim or Provorov? He said, if Torts gets them both back into gear, Provorov would return more value, but we wouldn't know if Sandheim would stay. And if the future vision is a perpetual overachieving team, he said, like you and Bill have discussed, doesn't Pro-Raw feel like a better fit for that kind of team? Would love to get your take. So a couple things. Let's take this kind of in pieces and we'll kind of move from the bottom up. Um, I, I don't know that I believe that the future vision is an over a perpetual overachieving team. Um, I think that they need to get talent and you can't. To me, to ultimately win, you can't be a team that just overachieves. You have to be a team that is legitimate and achieves what you're supposed to. And sometimes just a little bit beyond that. But a perpetual overachieving team is not what I would be looking to build. Not, and not because John Tortorella is the coach or any other reason. 
look, you may have to overachieve a little bit initially. At least it looks that way until you prove you are legitimate. Every team that is moving up is an overachiever at some point. But eventually, it's not overachieving anymore. It's expected. Um, but also, okay, the, the logic of trading Sanheim or Provorov if Ellis comes back. Well, again, this is tenuous because even if Ellis comes back, and like, like Jordan said, provided he'd only come back if it was a sustainable, healthy Ryan Ellis, what sustainable Ryan healthy, healthy Ryan Ellis is in the moment. We don't know if that's long term, and he is a player north of thirty that has had some injury issues. So, just because he returns and plays ten straight games doesn't mean that he's going to be a healthy player for the remainder of his contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, as far as Braun coming out and not seeing a logical third pair guy. Uh, to pair with Cam York, well, I would say that he performed actually pretty well with Ivan Provorov. Provorov seems to perform well when he's with a partner consistently, number one, and number two, a guy that's really good at making that exit the zone pass, zone exit, stretch passes, and, and getting the puck out of the D zone. That's not Provorov's strength. Now, when Provorov played with Shane Gostisbehere, Back in the 17-18 season. This is Provorov's second season in the NHL. Of course, he played four, the full 82 in his first year in 16-17. In his rookie year, he had six goals, 24 assists, and 30 points. Also playing alongside Shane Gossespierre. And then his second year, he had 17 goals, 24 assists, and 41 points and was a plus 17. Team made the playoffs that year. They had lost in the first round to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the next season was the 18-19 season. That's the year that Dave Hextall was fired. Ron Hextall was fired. Pro Rolf had seven goals, 19 assists, and 26 points that year. and was a minus 16. But then they made the trade with Gudis and Niskanen. And in 69 games with Matt Niskanen, 13 goals, 23 assists, 36 points. He was on pace to actually top his numbers from that 17-18 season with Shane Goss despair. So he is a guy that can play with a player like Cam York. Now, York is a left side guy. Provorov obviously is a left side guy. York played the right side when he was with Provorov. So maybe it doesn't make sense from that standpoint. Plus, you're asking York to be top pair on his off side, defending against top lines in the NHL. But Tony D'Angelo could play third pair right side with Cam York, and I don't think that would be a problem at all. I think that that would work. The only thing that doesn't work is now you have a third-pairing guy in D'Angelo making $5 million. Granted, it's only this year and next year that he's under contract, and he's also a third-pairing guy making $5 million that's a power play specialist. So he does bring something else to the equation, not just 14 to 17 or 18 minutes a night of defensive responsibility. He is a guy that also will be your number one power play quarterback. So I could see that working. I don't know about Ristolainen and New York. Plus, Ristolainen and Sanheim seem to have chemistry. But I don't know that you need to have a veteran D with Cam York at this point. York's played a little bit in the NHL. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he just needs to be put in the right spot with a decent partner. Now, with Braun, obviously, he's a guy that thinks defense first at this point in his career. Is a... Veteran of the NHL, many, many years over. 
and that is a really good situation. Plus, you're not paying Braun a lot. But if Ryan Ellis were to become healthy, to me, Braun would be the guy that came out of the lineup. And your pairings would be, if Ellis was healthy, again, Ellis and Provorov, Sanheim and Ristolainen, Tony D'Angelo and Cam York. And then your seventh D-man, who you're not paying a lot of money to, and Justin Braun would then be your next guy. He'd be your next man up. And you'd be really deep on the blue line. You'd be really good on the blue line. So, and again, we have to see how the chemistry develops between Tony D'Angelo and Ivan Provorov or Tony D'Angelo and Cam York. Those are all big, big questions. Travis Sanheim had a really good season last year. He played 80 games last year. He had seven goals, 24 assists, and 31 points. He was the Flyers' best defenseman by a lot, in my opinion. Now, it wasn't like he was the tallest short guy in the circus. I guess that's the way you have to say that now. Uh, he was actually he was good on a team that wasn't good. Sometimes that's even harder to be a bright spot on a team that was devoid of a lot of a talent and was devoid of having a lot of playmakers and a lot of success. You look at Tony D'Angelo and what he did in Carolina. We've talked about this. We talked about it with Bill the other day. That in Carolina, they had a great year. Things went well. They won a lot of hockey games last year. Winning fixes just about everything. Winning is the ultimate deodorant. The question that I've asked a few times, both here and on my Stick to Hockey show, is if the team is not having team success, does that frustration derail Tony D'Angelo? We'll see. I mean, we'd love not to see because the team doesn't struggle. But going into this season, there's reason to believe that they're going to go through stretches. Some believe more than others that they will struggle and the result won't be good. How Tony D'Angelo handles that will be something we'll be watching for. How he handles that butting heads with John Tortorella, two Italian guys that really want to win. Ultimately, I think those two, they may butt heads at times, but I think they're both coming from the same place competitively, and I think there's a respect in that. Sometimes you can butt heads with a coach, and it's actually a good thing, and I think it could be with those two. Two really proud guys, really competitive guys, really emotional guys trying to win games. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes players play better when they're in that position of trying to prove someone wrong or trying for the ultimate to get, to get wins at any cost. And sometimes it's good to have frustration when you lose as long as you do the right things with frustration and accountability. So Jordan, great message. There's a lot in there. I think there is a partner for Cam York, even if Ryan Ellis is healthy. And I'd love to find out what the decision would be in that situation. I'd love to see Ryan Ellis get back out there and continue his NHL career. Because if he can't this year, then obviously his career is massively in jeopardy, having only played four games last year. So we'll see where that goes. One of the storylines that we'll be following when training camp begins next month and when this season begins and throughout this entire 22-23 season. Everybody, thanks for listening. Brand new episode coming up on Friday, so we'll talk to you then on Flyers Daily.